Welcome back to Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. In this show, we're focused on hunting down interesting market movements to help you become more opportunistic with your capital. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut, and today we're going to continue our discussion with the backdrop of the Russian-Ukraine war. But we're going to zoom in to focus on the commodity prices movement and the sectoral shifts that it has in the broad market. Two companies we'll focus on today, Zixing Mining and Singyi Capital, some of the largest tickers in the Hong Kong exchange. Their space is commodities mining and renewable energy, both with a lot of tailwinds behind them. So for more of the discussion today, let's roll. Welcome back on the show. Happy to be with you again, CK. And I mean, the Russian-Ukraine thing is continuously expanding the discussion, right? I mean, we, we, we should move away from the whole like war because it's already a reality. But I think going forward, the discussion is going into, you know, will these um, sanctions, will these issues cause supply chain issues? And then who can then benefit from it? So what are some of the opportunities uh, that you have installed for us, right? Like what, what are you looking at, you know, in following this whole crisis situation? So there's no escaping that we have to talk about the fallout from this entire crisis and it's ongoing. But we will talk about how there are different ways to play the stock market despite all of this volatility when it comes to being selective. You can't just buy everything, uh, but that doesn't mean that you cannot buy at all. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, opportunities like that and and how this entire situation in uh, Ukraine and in Russia actually... Uh, affects different sectors differently, affects yeah. different commodities differently. Uh, and so how to be kind of selective in what you invest and what you trade in. Of course, with the volatility that comes with it, traders love volatility. I, I think I mentioned that before. But you also have to take the right position, you know, move mm. with the markets uh, mm. and not just necessarily against it because there's going to be a lot of movement even on an intraday basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, the whole buy the dip situation, you know, must pause a little bit, huh? be a little bit more, you know, focus on finding the good ones, right? So be more selective. And you talk about commodities, right? So commodities has been an ongoing discussion in this whole um, crisis as it expands. And I think even today, some of the companies that we're going to talk a little bit about are in the space, you know, directly or indirectly. And uh, the, you see commodity prices like moving like crazy, right? So like gold, silver, oil, um, everything is moving. Right? So tell us a little bit more. Is like, is, is it like just the crisis or is there inflation? Uh, what, what is going on and you know, why uh, are we looking at some of these companies today? Well, I mean, if we look at commodity prices, there's no escaping that Russia is a huge producer of some of these commodities. Yes. Uh, so we have seen like, you know, oil prices, that's the big example we talked about last podcast as well. Mm. How they have rallied because Russia is the third biggest oil producer in the world. And mm. they're producing about 10 million barrels a day, maybe. Very, very closely behind the US and Saudi Arabia. So, so for oil prices, definitely. And that is probably one of the most important commodities to global trade. Your airlines need it, your shipping needs it, logistics, transportation, everything needs oil to run. I mean, maybe in future we'll move on to new energy, but but for now at least, the global (laughs) economy, a lot of it is dependent on oil. So I think with with that, right, today the first company that we want to expand a little bit is a mining company, right, which I thought was an interesting play. They're not like a pure play of uh, any particular major, right? They do multiple minings. So uh, why this company, right? What's the company we're talking about? So we're going to be looking at Zixing Mining. This is actually a Sorry, precious saying, metals uh, mining company. Zixing Mining just sound like my friend opened this company, you know, like Zixing Mining, you know. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you could have a friend called Zi Jing, right? He started a mining company. Oh no, we're going to invest in Zi Jing's mining company. Sorry. <laughs> just go, just go. Yeah, so largest in terms of market cap, uh, we are looking at uh, when it comes to precious metals uh, and in particular in gold. So I think a lot of attention in the press recently has actually been talking about gold prices. You know, you probably throw a stone, hit a headline and you will see gold above $2,000. Right, two thousand US dollars. That's uh one of the big pieces of news out there. Uh, gold's kind of a unique commodity, right? Uh, in terms of how it reacts to some of the macro global events out there. Definitely, it's used in some of the productions. It's used in uh, circuit boards. It's used in some of the electronics. But it has a special place in a lot of uh people's hearts because it is used as a safe haven instrument. Often rallies during volatile times. Uh, some people use it as a hedge against inflation as well, mm. because uh, it's a store of value as well. Yeah. So precious metals, gold, Zizi uh, Mining is one of the biggest companies out there, and it's based in China. So one of the largest, if not the largest, in terms of market cap in China. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what is their kind of business proposition? Then, when we're looking at this, is it just because the things that they are mining is getting more expensive? That's why we are looking at this company. Um, if that's the case, then will we see prices sustained, right? Or are there new interesting endeavors that Sitting Mining is going for? Uh, it's really riding off the broader macro trend. Uh, with a lot of the geopolitical tension, there's been a lot of interest in gold. We have actually seen a lot of interest in other safe haven assets as well. So people are, uh, you know, rushing out of all the risky assets, rushing out of stocks maybe, or some of the big tech stocks that have been a bit more high risk. They're going into things like U.S. Treasuries. So we have seen the U.S. 10-year yield fall down. Uh, even though there's fears of inflation and interest rate hikes, that's a separate story. But we have seen U.S. 10-year yields come down because people are buying into treasuries. Uh, we have seen also some of the impact on the U.S. dollar, the Japanese yen, the Swiss franc. Uh, these are all safe haven currencies. And of course, with precious metals, we have seen for gold, we have seen for silver as well. So there is this kind of uh, macro backdrop to the entire idea of uh, you know gold prices rallying. There's a reason for it, which is really the flight to safety uh, amidst all of this tension. Uh, and along with the whole idea as well that some people believe that gold acts as a hedge against inflation. So inflation hasn't gone away. If anything, it's gotten, you know, more complicated, a little bit worse, in fact. Um, that's what some economists are suggesting because of the higher oil prices and commodity prices. And gold could be one way to play off this theme to hedge against that inflation as well. So um, how do we buy gold? I mean, you could buy, of course, a, a, a gold bar <laughs> or you could buy into a gold ETF or gold mining stocks. So Tsing Mining is one of them. Uh, along with that, of course, we have some of the other miners in China as well as in the US. Um, but yeah, generally, this is one way to play off the higher gold prices. And just, you know, for the record, gold prices, we are looking at it above $2,000. That's the psychological level, but also very, very close to its all-time high, which was hit in August 2020. Uh, that's about, I think, 2060-ish level. So very, very close to the all-time high as well, yeah. So, so should we then pack this idea very closely to commodity prices? So if, let's say, gold doesn't sustain the kind of prices that it's, it's at, then we should re-look at this company or how, how should we then look at, you know, um, across the board, some of the miners in the game? Yeah, so um, I think for gold miners, you know, uh, it's not something that I can just pick up a pickaxe and, and go and mine gold as well, you know. So, so size matters, <laughs> reputation matters. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to have the facilities as well, you know. That's 
probably the case for any mining company, actually, to be honest. At the same time, you also have to see, you know, are the miners exposed to many different types of metal because iron is going to act differently from gold or, or is uh, the miner actually going to be concentrated in a certain area. So interestingly enough, actually, when we talk about sitting mining, uh, there has been a piece of news as well uh, talking about how they have entered into lithium as well. Uh, this is something that has been quite popular in the markets. A lot of talk about it uh, riding on the whole EV trend. You know, we need EV cars. We need EV batteries, and one of the main materials is lithium. So definitely some interest in management in lithium, uh, but they are not really a big player in lithium right now. Uh, they really still kind of focus on precious metals and in gold in particular, although they do have some exposure to copper as well. Uh, so yeah, looking at mining companies, you know, there is a lot of different types of company profiles, I would say. But if you want a, a one that's more focused on gold, that could be a way to play off the gold prices because different commodities are moving differently, Reggie. You know, something like nickel is crazy right now in terms of the the, the, the price of nickel uh, moving very differently, of course, from something that's a bit safer like gold. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And for all of you, if you're looking at Tsing Mining, by the way, the ticker is 2899. <laughs> it's in the Hong Kong listed company, right? So um, you can look out for Tsing. <laughs> And and next company, next company also sound like my friend can start this company. Sing Yi Solar, right? We're gonna talk a little bit more. <laughs> Hey, Chinese guys need better names. Uh. But anyway, Chinese companies need, need to give me better names. Uh. So, but either way, <laughs> Sing Yi Solar, um, wh why this company, right? In following the whole theme of like Ukraine, Russia, you know, wh why, do you, why do you think, you know, our listeners should look at this other solar company? Uh, whether it's Tsing Mining or another gold mining stock, whether it's Sing Yi Solar or another new energy or solar stock, they're all riding on the broader macro theme, right? Mm. So uh, for the case of solar stocks, Actually, we are looking at it from the angle of how a lot of policy has changed, especially in Europe because of this Russia-Ukraine crisis. And a lot of shift already started. Uh, we are looking at EVs, for example, having the year in 2020 really rallying hard, right? But beyond this broad shift towards new energy, now there seems to be a sort of urgency even from the EU governments to cut their dependence on Russian oil mm. or to cut their dependence on Russian natural gas. So a lot of focus on this entire area. Uh, and now the EU is saying, you know, by the end of the year, they are looking to cut about two thirds of this reliance on Russia so that they can have some energy security so that they can move away from being reliant on Russia. And there's all this sentiment over there that's, that's kind of supporting new energy. Mm. Uh, and Sini Solar, as a solar company, of course, uh, would ride on this broader macro trend, yeah. Okay, so so you're saying that this company is really just riding on the macro trend? Are, are they like best in class with their product? Or? Well, we are definitely looking at it in terms of how the stock has performed over the past month. Uh, it is a component mm. stock in the flagship Hang Seng Index as well as in the Hang Seng mm. China Enterprises Index. And it's actually the top mm. mover, you know, the one that's pulling the index up, even as all the tech news mm. might be, you know, falling and pulling it down. This is actually an outperformer compared to the rest of the index components. So mm. it is a big enough stock that is included in the Hang Seng Index, consequently included in some of the other ETFs that track the index as well. But it has been a strong outperformer. And that's just one area that we're looking at, of course, uh, in terms of price performance. But beyond that, actually, we are also looking at solar from China as a whole. So when we are talking about solar energy, we might think of some of the US names, but actually uh, there's been a lot of transformation in how the Chinese have been looking at new energy and looking at solar. So actually a, a huge majority, I believe about three quarters or more, 
of uh, the world is uh, in terms of solar capacity or solar production actually comes from China. And China actually is pledging to, you know, change their reliance on coal and on dirty fossil fuels to, to move towards this new kind of uh, cleaner energy target. Looking at 2030, where uh, they are planning to generate from new energy or clean energy uh, enough power for the entire United States, for example. So, so these are some of the ambitious goals from China that they have already laid out in their plans. And with that, with the majority of the world's production of solar actually coming from China, we are looking at how some of these Chinese companies, including Singi Solar, actually can benefit from these broader macro trends again, like I said. So it's riding on a wave of sentiment from China, from Europe, uh, from the world, actually. Yeah, and it's not just sentiment, right? I mean, there are real policies, there are all these, you know, uh, trade pacts, people are signing all these agreements to push towards this path. And I think I just want to add that some people are saying, oh, China says it only, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, right? <laughs> but the reality is because China is like producing so much, right? Like you, you've pointed out, you know, the whole sector is very important in this whole solar panel production that uh, I do believe they are incentivized to keep to their promise and continue to propagate this whole green move, right? So if China moves and, and everybody also, at least in the region, will move alongside, you know, together with all the global trade partners. There is also this whole part about market turmoil, right? Exactly like what you said, right? Uh, with all these volatility in commodity prices. Um, how should we look at this thing in terms of like, market turmoil, commodities moving, what, what are some opportunities um, that we look at? Actually, if we are looking at in terms of what investors, what the big fund houses are saying uh, when it comes to this current market condition, they're saying, you know, brace for more volatility, brace for volatility not only in commodity markets, but also in the stock market. So that's something we cannot avoid uh, because Russia is such a big producer of commodities. But instead, uh, we can also take some advice from them, you know, and it's reported also in CNBC and Bloomberg how some of these strategists are actually positioning themselves for this kind of market. So we talked about it before. We talked mm -hmm. about how quality and cash could be something that becomes very, very important in volatile times, whether inflation or whether in terms of geopolitics. And that's what Wall Street's also saying. That's what Goldman Sachs is also saying. Uh, that's what Bank of America is also saying. So they are saying, you know, we got to look out for some of the broader macro themes. I think Bank of America highlighted themes such as energy, such as in terms of defense spending, which we talked mm. about, how there could be ETFs to play off such themes to mm. kind of ride on some positive tailwinds, even though the broader market might be struggling. Yeah, yeah. And I think... We all should vividly be aware that, you know, the market's probably not going to move everything in tandem, right? The DAX came down, the French market came down, UK, you know, so so it's it's a, it's very different across the board, right? So I think maybe in closing, recently I hear some people talking about, oh, maybe you should stay within the European market, right? Because they get the most direct impact from all these situations, right? So so what are your, your thoughts about, you know, being in the Europe space or how should our listeners um, process this kind of information? Well, I think definitely when it comes to investing, you've got to know what stocks have exposure where. So mm. one very widely reported example, right, is uh, McDonald's. McDonald's mm. is pulling out of Russia or they're closing their stores in Russia. Yeah, and Russia accounts shocked. for about 9% yeah. of their mm. revenue, right? Yeah. So so that's the exposure that they have to Russia. And, and it could be the same for Europe. It could be the same for exposure to some of these markets that have been hit by this geopolitical tension. Mm -hmm. So you have to know what kind of stocks have exposure where. 
and subsequently decide, you know, like, is this a risk that I'm willing to take? So definitely, definitely do your homework and know which companies actually have exposure to Europe. And, and you can decide this could be an opportunity, but of course, go in with your eyes open. Or you can decide, I will avoid that and I will decide to be a bit more selective. Go into, for example, some of the gold mining stocks that have exposure only to China instead of some of them that have exposure to Russia. Things like that, you know, definitely will be very helpful in navigating this kind of environment. Yeah, like our friend Zizing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I, I think that's exactly the part that a lot of people need to recognize. And you'll you be surprised how some of the internal uh, political pressure will then push some of these big MNCs to pull out from the region. They may not have direct exposure or very serious business, right? But even McDonald's, I'm pretty sure uh, the US pressure is, is pushing them out of out of Russia, right? So so that there's a, a lot more complexity in some of these things uh, to be discussed. Yeah. So you must tune in with us weekly, yeah. So I will see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> thank you for all of you. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Hey, thank you for tuning in weekly with us at Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. If you want to be even faster in following latest market insights done by the team at OCBC Securities, you should visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters for market insights on Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and the US, and a lot of the stuff that we couldn't cover on the show today. This show is jointly produced by the team at The Financial Coconut and OCBC Securities. We hope you become a more astute trader following our weekly show. And we want to hear from you. Join our ecosystem, events, and all that stuff. Details in the description below. I will see you next week. Also, contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial products. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, check out iocbc.com slash trading matters. Also, like, share, subscribe. Huh? Like, share, subscribe. See you next week.